Hey everybody, this is Brian with the uh, weekly teaching podcast for Mid-City Vineyard Church. Hey, if you want to learn a little bit more about Mid-City Vineyard, uh, I invite you to check us out online, midcityvineyard.org. You can also find our Facebook page, Mid-City Vineyard Church, and then follow us on Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard. This uh, past week, we were looking in Acts chapter 11, and we entitled this particular teaching, a bigger world, and there's one thing you need to know uh, about what was taking place in the room on this particular week when, uh, when we got together to worship. Right in the middle of our worship space, we had erected a, a wall of sorts. It was made out of fence boards, and it was made out of these cinder blocks, and so we had made a wall that divided one side of the room from the other. And then as we were teaching, uh, there's a moment in the teaching where I ask a couple of people to come and knock down the wall. And what they did was they took the fence boards and they took the cinder blocks that made up the wall. They took them apart and they made a table out of those same cinder blocks and those same boards. So that's what's taking place uh, as part of the illustration for this week's uh, discussion together. Thanks for listening. Much peace to you. But we're in Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. So I'm going to read this passage to you, and then we're going to unpack it for just a moment's time. Then I'm going to open up the floor for us, uh, because I'm curious if any of you have uh, stories of personal change through encounters with other people and through encounters with the Spirit of God in your own lives, as we're going to be looking today at what happens with the apostle named Peter. So in Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 18, this is how... The passage goes, it says, The apostles and the believers throughout Judea had heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized Peter and said, You went into the house of the uncircumcised men and you ate with them. So let me just unpack that really quickly for you. You had the Jewish people who believed that Jesus, the Messiah, came for Jewish people. And then you had the Gentiles, which was anyone who is not Jewish. But basically, in that time, uh, you could take two people groups today that seem to hate each other the most. Maybe you could take uh, 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 Israelis and Palestinians. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a people group that absolutely hate each other. Uh, you could take uh, other examples throughout America uh, over the last two or three hundred years. I'll unpack some of those in a minute. But basically, think about a people group, two people groups that hate each other the most, and that's what you have with the Jews and the Gentiles. So when Peter goes to the other believers and the other Jews of the day, and they say, hey, we heard you were preaching to the Gentiles, they're very angry about this. They're, they're beside themselves. And so it says, starting from the beginning, Peter went ahead and just told them the story. He says, listen, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and I was in a trance or or something. I I don't know exactly what it was, but I saw a vision. And I saw something in the trance, uh, and it was like this. I saw a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. And when I looked, I saw that in the sheet were all of these four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, birds, All these kinds of things that Jewish people consider unclean and unholy. And then I heard a voice say, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And I replied, God, I absolutely will not. Nothing impure 
or unclean will ever enter my mouth. And then I heard the voice say, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was pulled up back to heaven again. Remember, this was a vision. So in his mind's eye, in his imagination, however that might be. At that point in time, three men who had uh, came by, they stopped from Caesarea, and they stopped at my house. And the Spirit of God told me to have no hesitation about going with them. And then I brought these six guys with me, and we went and we entered a man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel appear to him. The angel said, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter, and he's going to bring you a message. And your whole house will be saved when he preaches that message. So I began to speak to this man. And the Holy Spirit came on me from the beginning. And then I remembered John the Baptist said that, John, I will baptize with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave the same gift that he gave to us, those who believed in Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard the news, they were no longer furious. There were no further objections. They praised God. And so then even to the Gentiles, God had granted the ability to believe, have faith, repent, and experience life. All right, it's a bit of a long passage, but here, let's, let's unpack it for just a minute. Throughout all of history, throughout all of history, Human beings have had this amazing ability to treat one another poorly. It's not a new thing. We see it today, but it's not a new thing. We have always figured out ways to consider other people less than. Whatever our people group is, we've always considered other ways to figure out how to make other people less than worthy, less human. In, in the 17 and 1800s, for instance, I mean, right here in this country, right here, black people were considered less than human. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's how white people treated black people as less than human. You can go through and start looking up, and, and I, I started doing this, and I was, in the, I was in coffee shops this week looking up quotes of, like, the KKK and looking up quotes uh, of Adolf Hitler and, and all these kinds of things. And it's really, it's, it's awful doing that in a coffee house. You almost rather be doing that in the, in the privacy of your own home with the, the computer screen just to a wall. Because, like, you start looking at these things and it is, it's, it's, it's horrid. But we have a history of doing this. In the 1930s and 40s, Jews were considered less than human. How else could anyone ever send and ship Jewish people off to these camps and, and kill them by the hundreds, by the thousands. You can only do that if you consider another group of people less than yourself, less than worthy, less than human. In the 1900s, women in the United States uh, had, had no rights. I mean, they were considered, why? Less than, less than men, less than human, ultimately. Uh, in, the, in the 21st century, the LGBTQ community is continuing to fight for equal rights. I mean, because in many circles, considered less than human. In Africa, it's illegal. Like, you can be executed for being gay. I mean, it's, it's, we have this insane ability to categorize people and push people and do all these things. And here's the worst part of it. And this is so important. Throughout the history of the church, Scripture has been used to do this. Adolf Hitler 
took quotes by Martin Luther. Remember the guy who led the Reformation in the 1500s? Quotes of Martin Luther about Jewish people. Adolf Hitler used those quotes to further his extermination of Jewish people. Do you understand that slave owners used scripture to fight for why slavery was okay? It's always been cloaked in the, in the use of scripture. And it's, it's, still, it's still today. Human beings have always had this ability to build these walls. Because if I'm on this side of the wall and I can't see you, you I can keep you outside. And so we, we've done this for, forever and a day. And the problem is, in many circles, we're still doing it. In Acts chapter 11, where we realize just by this very simple story that it's nothing new. It's the same old story where God seems to throw open this huge tent and keeps inviting people and human beings keep taking the words of God and skewing them and figuring out ways to keep other people out. Because if we keep other, and we do this because we're, we don't understand, we don't, we're scared. If, if we let them in, we might lose control. I mean, there's, there's, all kinds of, there's all kinds of things that are going in, whoever them are. But it's the classic us versus them. But who's us and who is them? Take that down, please. Who's us and who's them? And what happens is God comes in, and God's the one who knocks down the boundaries. God's the one who knocks down the walls. I think this is my favorite thing, my favorite piece that we have here at Pitt City Vineyard if you've ever really recognized it because it's on our communion table every single week. But it's the classic picture of we draw lines, you know, we have our pencils and we're drawing these lines and then Jesus is coming by with his eraser and he's erasing all of the lines. Because this is what Christ does. Human beings create us versus them. Jesus says, there is no us in them. There's just all. So what does Peter do? He tells a story. And here's, here's the thing for us today. Peter tells a story. He says, listen, you men, they were all men at this time uh, in that particular meeting. He says, you guys are upset with me because I went and told other people about the love and the mercy and the acceptance of Christ. And you're upset because you think they should become something different in order to get in on the story of Christ. That's what the Gentiles were saying. You, even if you're going to be a Gentile, you have to obey these rules. You have to do these things. You have to be circumcised. That was the, that was the big deal. You have to come and basically be Jewish in order to get in on the love and acceptance of Christ. And Peter says, no. They don't, have to, they don't have to change those things. They can be who they are, and they can get in on the love and the acceptance of Christ. They can, we, because God has broken down the walls of us and them. Peter uses his, his words and his story to express how his mind, how his heart, and how his life had been impacted. Because make no mistake about it, Peter was exactly like the men he was talking to previously. Okay, so Peter used to be this way. Peter used to think this way. Peter used to think those Gentiles cannot get in on Christ's love. So I'm curious, and this is where I'd like to open the floor today. Where in your life have you experienced a time where your mind or your heart, your life 
has been impacted on how you, maybe not view a people, but even view um, an idea or, or had a thought. Maybe you've had a, a transformation of sorts in, in how you think about a particular thing or people group um, because of an experience in your life, because experience changes a lot. Or maybe it was because of something that you just felt really deep in your core about uh, what God might have been saying to you, how you might have been impacted in your soul. Does anybody have anything in particular that you can think of? Um, that, yes, I've, I think I've, I've noticed a change in my own life moving in, in these kinds of areas. Yep. So, you know, yeah, um, Rachel Held Evans, which is the author I mentioned to you a few weeks ago who uh, – died earlier this month um, she calls that the cosmic lottery and she's like you know the cosmic lottery throws me into America and I'm raised as a Christian but the cosmic lottery throws me into Afghanistan and honestly if you were born in Afghanistan you'd, you'd be Muslim today. I mean you just you just would be um, and so it's kind of it, it's kind of this thing and, and but we but then that's what we do our and walls are passed down to us. Here's the thing. Peter, he was using, and those, those men he was talking to, they were using their Old Testament scriptures about those walls, about those Gentiles. Those walls had been passed down to them. And his own scriptures, in many ways, depending on how he chose to read them, said the Gentiles couldn't get in on this good promise. So there had to be a, a, a breaking down. There had to be a, a breaking down of the walls and a restructuring of the walls. So let me show you one thing real quick, and then we're going to, we're going to figure out a way to, to share communion here. Because the, the actual kingdom of God is much bigger than we, we thought. Depending, no matter how we were raised, and for Peter, the kingdom was much bigger. And for us, I believe the kingdom is much bigger. Micah, now you can put that slide up there. There are, in, in sociology, there are, there are two things. There's bounded set and centered set. And here's how most of us have been raised. Most of us have been raised with a bounded set understanding of how the world works. And the bounded set of how the world works is there is a giant circle, and there is an in-group, and there is an out-group. Now, we can do this with any number of things. You know, we can do this with political affiliation. We can do it with uh, all kinds of, all kinds of, I mean, e even uh, if you join a country club, I mean, there's, there's, it's a bounded set. You know, you have to have a lot of money. You have to uh, uh, be interested in tennis and golf. You have, you know, if you, if you, if you don't like these things, then you can't be in. And if you, but the worst place we do it is we do it in Christianity. We do it in religion. Now, many of us might have, uh, many people have been raised, is here's what you have to do to be on the inside of this group. You have to dress this way, you have to talk this way, you have to pray this prayer, you have to sing these songs, you have to do these things, and you can be in. You have to stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this, and start doing this and this and this, and then you can be in. Here's the funny thing. You can get in and then not live a particular way, but you've already done the things that get you in, and so you're in the club. So in the tradition I was raised in, if you said a particular type of prayer, then all of a sudden you're in. And you could live like a demon, but you said the right prayer, and so it's okay, you're in. And your whole job was to try to get other people to, to say that particular prayer, or sing that particular song, so they could be in. And then they could live like hell, but they're in. It's a weird way of understanding, but religion does this to people. 
It's just more ways of erecting walls. In sociology, the other way that one could live is what we would call a centered set. And a centered set has no, no boundary lines. The idea here is, especially now, let's talk religion for a moment, and we'll just put the cross right here in the middle. The idea is that Christ is at the center of all things. And ultimately, the question is, what direction is a person's life moving? This isn't about who's in and who's out. This is about, ultimately, where are we, where are we looking to find freedom and healing? Where are we experiencing peace and mercy and grace? And it's about, ultimately, just moving towards Christ. I, I, I would call that, that, that person Christ. But what does it look like to move towards love, to move towards mercy, to move towards grace, to move towards beauty, to move, move towards forgiveness? This is why, when we share communion together, everybody's welcome at the table. Because you don't have to have all your stuff together to experience the love and the acceptance and the mercy of Christ. And so I find in my own life, I'm not trying to convince anybody to be something that they're not. I'm not trying to convince anybody to to pray a particular prayer. I'm just inviting people. I, I find in my own life, and I'm trying to live my own life, I'm just inviting people towards greater place of love, greater places of mercy, greater places of forgiveness. Because I fully believe that when our lives are moving in that direction, we're experiencing more wholeness. We're experiencing more peace. We're experiencing more fullness in relationship. And so our job, and I'm going to ask a couple of uh, the, the guys and women that I had asked if you could just come and start breaking down our wall, because I think that ultimately that's, that's the whole deal here, is that Christianity, and Christ in particular, is about breaking down the walls that keep us all bound up. Because Candace couldn't see Melody, and yet they're on opposite sides of the wall, but they're realizing they have something very much in common. And when you start to see each other for who we are, we can move out of the places of fear, and we can move into a place of deeper connection with each other. And I would suggest that this is exactly what Christ is doing with his life, with his death, and in his resurrection. Inviting us to this one. Taking walls, breaking them down, creating spaces where we can actually engage one another. I'm fully convinced that if people who you are different than, if you'd start spending, if I would start spending more time with those people and we start recognizing what God's doing in our lives, that more and more walls get broken down. More and more walls are broken down, more and more tables are built, more and more opportunity for us to connect with what God's doing in our lives. So here's what we do, Stan. We take exactly what Jesus is doing and we just keep, we just keep knocking them down. I mean, because here's the thing. Go watch Fox News tonight. Go watch CNN. It doesn't matter which one you watch because they're both doing the exact same thing. They're both erecting walls to keep us from the people on the other side. I mean, we live in a world where, I mean, people are scared to death in this in, in this country of, of Muslims. People are scared to death of, 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 of people. You know what we're scared of? We're scared of anybody who's different than us. And Jesus is like, stop. Finding common ground, start moving together, ebbing and flowing and loving and working together, moving towards Christ. Nate, why don't you come on back up? Here's what we're going to do. 
I'm going to pick the guitar back up. I'm going to invite us to come to the table again. We do it every week, and this is why we do it every week. And I pray that every week when we do it, it takes on more and more meaning for us as a community of faith, as, as those that are like, okay. Because it doesn't just happen on Sundays. My prayer is that we start figuring out how to share meals together out in that space. This, this space is kind of the practice ground for that space where we continue to practice this and learn this and be present to this. Jesus said on that night, he said, this is my body and it's broken for you. It's given for you. It's broken for you so that you might be reconnected to God, but that you might also be reconnected to one another. Think about the people group. Think about the person. Think about the whoever it might be that you have the most trouble with, but understand that when you come to this table and you pick up this bread and you dip it in this juice, that this is Christ's way of saying that that person is no different than your person. We're all in this together. So we allow that love and that mercy to keep driving us. On that night, he took the, the wine and he poured, poured the wine and he said, this is my blood that's given for you. And it's a new covenant. And the old covenant said you got to obey all these rules to be in God's good graces, as the Jews understood it. He says the new covenant is everybody gets to come to the table. Everybody gets to come. Anybody and everybody. Yeah.